The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Monday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos, the official chip and the official dip of the Dallas Cowboys here from the star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. <laughs> and we are breaking down what was not the ideal Sunday at mm. AT&T Stadium, week nine mm-hmm. of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Yep, Goes just like that. Perfect timing from Chris Beam because the Cowboys did not score until four minutes and eight seconds left in the ball game. They were blanked 30 to nothing to start. Tacked on a couple touchdowns late in the final score against the once even 504 and four Denver Broncos. Denver 30, Dallas 16. And, and I mean, what else can you say about it? This was just one of those weeks where nothing went your way. Heckman was at the game. Rob was at the game. Isaiah and I were in studio. But we'll start with Rob. Where does this one rank in terms of games where it was just one of those days? Um, is On a good Cowboys team? Yeah. I think Dak said it. I think 2018 when they got shut out in Indy when they were rolling. Rolling after the Amari Cooper trade, that's the closest thing I can remember to a just a drop in momentum. Like I said it last week, the Vikings win in Minnesota was the best win of the McCarthy era. Then you turn around and have this. Mm-hmm. I just want to share mm-hmm. a few words slash phrases from last night's post game. Thumped, whooped, out hit, out physicaled, punched in the face, embarrassing. The last one for Mike McCarthy, outplayed and outcoached. That sounds like a match with The Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) See what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. The Undertaker was there, and Rob Phillips got to interview The Undertaker. Best Best part of the day by far? By far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. By far. It was a good day. And a great day to to honor our armed forces as well. Yeah. But uh, after kickoff, man, it was not fun. It was not honoring. Mm -mm. What'd you think, Ekma? Man, it, it looked like one of those games where everything was out of sorts from the beginning. I mean, from the beginning, the vibes were just off. And, uh, you know, I, I want to, you know, you, you talk about the words out hit, out coached. Embarrassing is the other word that I heard because you you hear, you know, this, this team knows that they're better than the performance that they put up. And everyone has been asking, when is that letdown game going to come? When are we going to have that roadblock? And unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, we, we got it at home. And, it was embarrassing, and it was that kind of butt whipping that I think you can remember. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever lost a fight in your life, but if you if <laughs> oh, you have, never, never, ne- I mean, yeah, look at me, yeah, Rob, <laughs> Rob's undefeated in fights. Actually, well, look, probably it, a true statement. Look, it's it's something to be learned from getting your butt whooped, you know. And and sometimes it's a humbling experience. And I just feel like, look, man, we got that humbling experience, and you saw guys take the podium, and they looked humbled uh, by the experience that they had in credit. Credit the Denver Broncos and what they did because yeah. defensively they showed up ready to go. I, they didn't have the, whatever the mountain time that they came from. It didn't affect them <laughs> because they were right on time when they got here. And defensively and offensively, they were clicking on all cylinders. There was a few names we didn't even talk about, but I'm sure we'll get into and dissect here in just a minute. 
Yeah, uh, we sat here all week and, and gassed up Dallas. We sat up here all week and talked about the matchups, the advantages that we had offensively, defensively, um, how our receivers can destroy their secondary, even though that was the strongest part of their of their team. Um, we also talked about some of the dangers. Uh, the number one danger being that even though on paper, even though historically based upon this season, we're a better team than them, that you still have to show up. We said that we said you still have to show up and you still have to play. You have to respect them simply because these guys are professionals at what they do too, right? And if you choose not to show up, you will get popped in your mouth, right? Or like my mom says to my to my to my kids, right? Her grandkids don't make me spank that pow pow, right? <laughs> the Cowboys got their pow pow spanked, all right, because they chose not to show up, and it was very apparent, it was very obvious in that game that from the snap of the ball they weren't there. Mm-mm. They weren't there. I don't know. Now, we don't know why. We don't know if they just thought that they were going to show up and Cadillac through it. We don't know if they showed up and they were just out of sorts. We really have no idea. But I do know that in all aspects of the game, except for maybe special teams, actually, <laughs> those guys didn't show up. Offense, Dak looked bad. Let's just call it how it is. People can yell at me all day long. Dak looked bad. And I'm sure he would stand behind there and say the same thing. He yep. did. He did. His mechanics were off. Um, his accuracy was off. But and on the other side of that, offensive line did not help the matters. Right? Yep. Offensive line looked like trash Right at both tackles. Um, and interior-wise, those guys were running stunts, in which created a lot of open seams for their second, second and third level defenders to be able to put pressure on Dak as well. Um, our receivers, when the ball did get to our receivers, dropped balls on third downs. Huge, huge plays, right? Dropped opportunities. So offensively, it was cra- it was trash. Defensively, we talked about the one thing that the one area that we can that we can get hurt was where in the running game. Even though we didn't really respect these backs, we had to respect the fact that these guys have a good running scheme, right? This zone, this zone offense. I, I, I alluded to the old school Terrell, Terrell Davis days, mm-hmm. where you had to be aware of what these guys do because of that scheme. Well, guess what? They they did that. Right, they did that, and our and guys they switched, they switched that up. They went from zone. Yeah. They, I mean, they changed a lot of what we had yeah. seen throughout the week from running the ball uh, in the zone since, like you said, stretching. Yeah. Uh, and they, man, they had some counters going. They yeah, had a they, lot of different things. They had they, whatever they wanted on the ground. Well, but then you know, I was talking to P before we got in here, and it just seemed like in the first half, defensively, our guys just just weren't getting set. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they were waiting on the call or what it was, but uh, once Teddy Bridgewater went with a quicker up tempo, you saw guys still standing around the line of scrimmage why the Denver Broncos were already set. So I don't know if those yeah. things were a part of uh, us not being uh, uh, off a little bit, but th- those are just things that were happening during the game. That was one of the first times, at least dating back to the opening week of the season, where I looked at the defense and said, they don't necessarily know what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of different confusion looks. I mean, deer in the headlights on, a, yeah. on multiple occasions throughout. So that kind of brings me back to, to what you were saying earlier, because – I mean, the Denver Broncos did their job of switching things up on film and then executing the adjustments that they made. Dallas stayed stagnant, and it seemed like they didn't have any adjustment along the way. So were they outcoached in this game, and how severely were they outcoached in the game? It's hard to say. And it's, from, from a viewer's perspective, it's really hard to say that you're outcoached. Mm-hmm. I do know uh, we can point out and say, hey, you know, we were inaccurate. Hey, we didn't block. All these kind of things. Sure, we execution, point out execution. Yeah. Uh, defensively. 
they were hesitant as all get out. We've been talking about how fast and physical our team has been all year long, and then all of a sudden, you see, I pointed out multiple times during the game where Kazee was sitting back there just waiting for the for the guy to turn around, do a three sixty, and everything. He's still sitting there. Well, I'm like, bro, can we go hit somebody? <laughs> Even Micah, Micah, as well as he as well as he played sideline to sideline, there were still some plays where he was he was hesitant. So there was a lot. And I'm, I'm just pointing out those two guys. Those the first two that popped off my head. There's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys were hesitant, and to that point, were they thinking too much? Or were they just out of it? We don't know, right? But what we do know is that it equaled that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Keanu Neal also. You oh. saw there were situations where it wasn't good. You no. know, it really wasn't. And I saw down on the goal line where Luke Gifford was in the game on the goal line. What was that about? I don't know. <laughs> but he was in the game. He was in the game in uh, number 99, Hamilton. Oh. Justin Hamilton. Justin Hamilton. Yep. You yeah. know, Dontari Poe is gone. You know, but I'm telling you, he had a Bruh, Poe moment. It reminded me. It, it reminded <laughs> me. No, no doubt. When I've seen him getting thrown around, I'm like, bro. No, that's, that wasn't good. No. And, and I think up front, physically, um, that was where some of the problems were started. I, I just – look, I think what was more frustrating than anything is just seeing uh, the Broncos in situations like – uh, was it second and 17, and then they get a, like a 15, 14-yard yard yeah. pickup. Yep. Yeah, and, sure. and we have situations where we can get the ball back. It just nothing was going our way at all. And it just goes, even from the punt block, we just couldn't, we couldn't even do the punt block right. So that was, that was the that point. That one hurt. Yeah, it did. That, that hurt. hurt. And have you seen that? In a, I've seen it before, but have you been no, a part of a game no, where you've and, seen something like that? We were in the studio, and Barry and I were actually up in arms about it, really going back and forth about, hey, what the heck is the ruling on this? because in our head, if the Cowboys never possessed the ball, it should have never been a change of possession. But the, this is a funky rule. So, I mean, it's a I'm dumb sh- rule. It's a, I, you can I, use I a agree. different word than funky. I agree. If it's not possessed by the player, even if it's after the line of scrimmage, why is it a turnover? I agree. It's and dumb, and they need to look at it because yep. I think you, you should have possession of the yes. ball and then lose it for yep. it to, lose be a, it. to be a muff and a yep. fumble. Correct. But Mike McCarthy didn't shy away. He said, we know the rule. And Sean Wright apparently knows the rule. It, mm. It's an instinct thing. Yep. You know, is, if you see the ball, go get the ball. See ball, you know? get ball. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and so yeah, he's a young player, and young players make those mistakes. The the one thing about that rule that I would have made that mistake. Yeah. I no, mean, I, 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 think so, I think so too. I think, I think so anybody too. would. Yeah. You can't you can't fault Nation Wright, a rookie trying to make a play on special teams. No, he I, sees the ball. He's like, yeah, let's go get it and have a. And when recovery. he did that, it made me think about a play that I had. A bad, I think I don't know if everybody has a bad play, but I, we were playing against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, at the old old Cowboys Stadium, and the doggone kicker kicked the ball on a little squib kick, little joint, um, little curveball, and it dropped out. And I came out to get it from the kickoff return position, and it hit my hands, and it dove right out underneath me. So it hit my hands and went into the end zone. Instinctively, what, is you, what are you thinking? Crap, I touched the ball. Yeah. Right? I gotta go get it. I gotta go get this thing. I went and got it, and we got tackled inside like the one yard line. Next play, Romo Safety. gets fumbled. Yeah, no, they, oh, not even that. Fumble for a touchdown. It was bad. Right? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, dude, I just screwed this whole thing up. And But the rule said, as long as the momentum of the ball keeps going, I could have downed it in the end zone. But to your point, instinctively, I gotta go do this right now. Yeah. So it's hard to fault Nashawn. Split second. Yeah, split second decision. Maybe in March at the at the owners' meetings, you know, maybe maybe it'll be discussed and changed. We'll I see. mean, on Stephen Jones is on the competition committee. So yeah, know. hey, maybe oh, maybe he's so. Definitely circle that one. <laughs> Come back to it. Yeah. But whenever you're on offense and a ball is fumbled and a defender touches the football, yeah. even if it's bouncing forward, that's not an yeah. automatic change of possession. Yes. Now, if a defender picks it up, that's holds it, makes a football move. That's different. Change, yeah. Then he fumbles it again. That's yep. a change of possession. Very strange. No such thing. So why is that rule in special teams and not necessarily? You gotta in, ask Chris Beam about that, man. He, Chris Beam was the punt return specialist. He's the guy that yelled Peter Peter. So <laughs> get away. He's the Peter guy. Get away. I, I do I do believe that had that 
Now, for those that have been on really good teams, right? If you've been on a really good team before, you've all everybody has had a game, right? I could think back to a basketball game back in high school where we were getting destroyed by this team that should not have been beating us. And then we finally at halftime were like, You all ready to play? All right, let's go play. And we just came back and took over the game. I felt like this is the same instance, right? These guys were getting beat by a team that we shouldn't be getting beat by. The game was still close. It was a two-possession game. And we go into half, and guys are like, you ready to play? Yeah, all right, let's go. Let's go make some plays. And then what happens? We come out, boom, block the punt, and then we don't get it. Got to get the ball right? inside the 30. But I feel like if that would have went our way, I think we would be sitting here talking about a victory. Ah. <sighs> Maybe because I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it is. Well, that's all it is. Because I, well, I agree with him. Yeah. It, it, they've been a second half team all year. What? Not go Just ahead. The side was well. I they missed so many opportunities. Oh yeah, and especially yeah. offensively because because Dak was off. There's no doubt about it. Can't sugarcoat it. But they've been outscoring. As I looked it up. First seven games they'd outscored teams by a total of 51 points. They've been a second half team, but. I think Mike Michael Strahan said at halftime when a team is running on you like this, yeah, you can. Yeah. It's hard to come out and adjust to that. Yeah, yeah. and that was a problem all year long last year. Uh, the the run defense, and I brought it up around bye week time. Yep, the Pats tested them. Yep, and and there were, there were there were cracks there. Now I give them credit against Minnesota; they stood up strong against Dalvin Cook, but. You know that that this is the first time they real a team really pounded it and they really had and it, and it changed the course of the game. It really did. I think with the the blocked punt, because I agree with you completely. Time of possession was dominated by Denver, and I think that would have continued minutes. Forty one minutes on offense. That's I mean that madness. that would continue whether or not you converted on the blocked punt. But you're talking about offensive momentum because if you get the ball inside the 30 I'd have to go back and chart this but how many times did Dallas even have the ball inside the Denver 30 until the fourth quarter probably not at all even in the first two drives of the game when they went forward on fourth down (laughs) and they could have kicked the field goals well they didn't get into the red zone until the last two if you want to call them garbage garbage time time. touchdowns so that could have jump-started the offense having the ball there converting going and finding pay dirt and then you find your your rhythm later on, and maybe yeah. you can win that. I mean, it's it's all speculation, right? It's all speculation. It's sure. all what if. But I, having been a part of teams like that in the past, it's it sounds really bad, but it's really a light switch. It's the same reason why I think Kansas City is about to turn it on, and I hope they don't turn it on until after us. But I feel like Kansas City is about to hit that light switch. But you just know what they're capable of, and it takes one little mojo moment. It takes one mojo moment, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, let's go ball. You think part of that – Factored into their thinking of going for it twice on fourth and short early mm-hmm. in the game. They have so much confidence in their offense and, quite frankly, yes. confidence in their defense that, hey, if we don't get it, we'll get it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's exactly why. I mean, you feel like you're like you're just that good. And, again, you need, you need to Heckler's point, you need to get checked in the chin. Yeah. right? You'd rather get checked in your chin early on in the season versus this happening later on and you not recognizing how to respond to it. So I'm glad it, I'm glad it happened early if it was going to happen. Um, yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, confidence and arrogance are twins in, in similar situations. And that those fourth downs, and I know this is an old-school way of thinking about whether go for it or not. I just felt like there were certain points where you didn't have any rhythm at all, and those fourth those going forward on fourth downs cost you. Oh, for three, right? Yeah, and, and oh, for four, four. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. So and that not only that, and the time of the time of possession, like yeah. you pointed out, but yeah. you know the momentum part of it. I, I mean, even from the start with Tony Pollard's kickoff, and that would to me is like, oh man, we came out, we're ready to go, and then you go, you know, three and out or four and out. Uh, Sack and, him on the first play. Yep. 
That's what I'm saying. Teddy. Ted, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, there's Carlos Watkins. Right. You know, got yeah. that got that sack. And there's just so many things that's happening throughout the game that the, even the momentum aspect of it, yeah. we were not as up against the ropes as it seemed. But once Javante Williams started pounding, 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 it just it made it where like, okay, yeah. there's nothing we can obviously do to get back in this game. And Teddy Bridgewater, man, look, Teddy P. Man, love TKO. If y'all don't know, no, y'all yeah, too young for that. Anyway, uh, anyway, but anyway, but he just he just found all the open receivers, yeah, and he, he did a lot of thing. good work yesterday. You know, man. one one part of the game that I highlight, and I was like, ooh, big question mark was on the punt, the muff punt, the muff punt with with Sadie. Wilson. Yeah, that mm. that, one that was, was like, tough, wasn't it? Man, yeah, that's a momentum killer. That was like yo, right through. Ooh, like, could have been really bad, really bad at that point. It would have just added to it. But like it's little things well, like it that. It hadn't gone downhill at that point. <laughs> at just... that point, it hadn't gone downhill. I mean, but it allows these those negative thoughts to kind of come in your head. I mean, I, I again, a lot of this stuff sounds really bad, but this is the reality. Sorry, people. It allows those negative thoughts to come in your head, and then guess what? Then something negative actually happens. You're like, oh, we're about to have one of those days. Like a drop. Yeah. Yeah, There's a couple of those. A couple, a couple of those. A couple of those. Yeah, you can say bad ball, but yeah, Coop is right there, big dog. I mean, he's right there in your his, 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 his wet bar little, soap, little below the <laughs> below the belt. But you know, you still got to bring those in. So there's a lot of everybody. It, every, seemingly everybody had their part in it. It wasn't just like oh, this one guy. Everybody had a part. So that's what that's what makes games like this very important. And, and actually, these games games can bring you together. Games like this can bring you together because you can't go in the locker room and say, man, heck was tripping, man, heck didn't ball out. You can say, hey, all of, we all suck. Yeah. We all suck. Let's figure this thing out. Yeah, that, I was thinking about that this morning. Like in the NBA, you play eighty-two games, and you have a crappy game like that. You burn. You just say, "Forget it." We're not even going to watch yeah, the film. We have so many. You only get seventeen of these, and you have a year, a young team, a very young team that, like J. Ron Kerr said, this is not going to be a fun film watch. But we got to watch it. We got to see what we did wrong because it. You're halfway through the season. And you can chalk it up to just a bad game, Mm-mm. but halfway through the year, this is where teams start to make adjustments and start to get a read on what you like to do. And so this is very important to see how they respond coming out of this. Hey, Cordell Patterson, he's not going to look at it and say, oh, that was just a bad game. He's going to be like, huh, okay. Yeah. Take my notes. All right, he's right here. That, everybody else isn't going to chalk it up as a bad game. So if you want to chalk it up as a bad game, sorry for you. Well, you know, these guys have to go back and evaluate it. Yeah. And that's just important for them as how young they are and the culture that we've been talking about. Um, and, and and you're right, man. There's so many teams that would have just say, let's not even watch this because that wasn't us. I think for a young team, you have to go back and you have to dissect this and say, what happened here? Even the coaches, I'm sure last night they, they were here. They're still here, yes. you know, from watching the game last night. But dissecting what did we act, what, what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I think everybody has to just take a step back from this and just say, man, we were off, but we cannot show up again like that. You cannot let it affect you going forward. Nope. you got to put it in your rearview mirror, learn from it. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, remember, we've always talked about breaking the NFL season into quarters. Now, quarters plus one. But through the first two quarters, you were three and one, and you were three and one. It's a pretty good start to the season. If you want to continue that, let's continue it. Don't let this one loss affect you. You're going to lose games along the way. In a 17-game season, you will lose games. We weren't going to finish 16-1. and You can't let this one, though, bleed into Atlanta, which then goes to Kansas City. And then you've got Las Vegas because you got a tough quarter coming up. And if you let this linger... You're going to be in trouble, and you might actually find yourself in a race for the NFC East. All right, when we come back, what was the most concerning part about the 30-16 to loss against the Denver Broncos? We'll tell you next on Talking Cowboys. 
Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, where, as always, it's a great people, great pay replay on Caliber Collision side of things because Jason Witten has joined the Caliber Collision team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay. Apply now at jobs at caliber.com. That's jobs at caliber.com. Get that bread for Get Isaiah Stanback. I don't know make what you're doing right there. Oh, make it hell. I keep forgetting. I don't know what's Come on, I forget. I thought you were flipping the coin Gosh, or something. I, I thought he was flipping the coin too. Huh? It was coins. Oh, yeah. yeah, just yeah. You gold coins. Coin? Yeah, I got you. Okay, it's all good. Bitcoin? Yeah. No, I don't have a bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That I, fan has a bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, the one in Tampa Bay. Yeah, got it from Tom Brady. All right, we're continuing to break down this thirty to sixteen loss against the Denver Broncos, and it, like we said in the first segment, just wasn't right for the Cowboys from the beginning. A season low in total yardage, mm. a season high in rushing yards allowed. Mm. Gave up thirty points at home before you found the scoreboard. <laughs> Everything went wrong. You could point it in a bunch of different directions. Can I, can I say one more thing? What's that? Cooper Rush had more points. Oh no! Oh, stop it! Oh no! Don't don't I, go it's there. It's just a fact. Stop it. It's a fact. It's, it's our it lowest is. point total of the year, right? Isn't no, that? You are the consummate antagonist. He <laughs> loves he he's, loves that role. Yeah, he's poking the digital bear right. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> I we're going down stats, and I'm just saying. So yeah, we, we, score, less, your, we score less points this week. What than would we be last your week? intro music if you were a wrestler? Would you go with the Undertaker? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm stone cold all day. Yeah, stone, <laughs> nice. I'm stone cold all day. Breaking. Show me baby. You'd have to have the no. alcoholic less beer. That's it. That's no. it. You know, I don't you can't, drink. You can't have those Miller Lights. I don't you'd drink. 
Yeah, exactly. Smash them together. I don't know who our drink sponsor is. It's Miller Lite. Well, Miller-like. they have a non-alcoholic something, don't they? Sure. Fine. Maybe. They got to somewhere. Deja Blue. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you wow. go. <laughs> definitely non-alcoholic. Pepsi. Uh, all right. I want to point in one specific direction. What was your most concerning part? Of the loss, it doesn't have to be a specific player, doesn't have to be a unit. It could be a, a thought process, the mindset, but it can be a specific player and a specific unit as well. Heck, I'll start with you. But when you look back at this loss in the future, what are you going to say, man? This scares me going into the rest of the season. Yeah, back to what Rob said during the bye week, man. Our, the running game, and I think it's all predicated by our defensive line. You saw some big gaping holes in our defense that we hadn't seen previously. And so uh, linebacker communication, even Jerron Curse looked a little bit off. And we've been talking about how great he looked. So I think defensively um, there were just some things that we have to work on. Dan Quinn wasn't as sharp as we are, we are accustomed to seeing him as far as the, the play calling. Um, but, you know, calling these defenses – we just didn't dial up anything, and it seemed to be everything that we did try to – if there were any adjustments that were made, the, the Broncos made an adjustment as well. It just mm-hmm. kept the party going. Early in the game, it seemed like the defensive line was getting pushed. I yep. mean, Randy Gregory, Carlos Watkins, it, it, Osa Odigizua, my goodness. For the first three series, he was in the backfield almost Balling. every play. And they continued that same mindset throughout. But what happened? What switched from the pass rush being – uh, at least somewhat successful to just getting completely blown off the ball and then opening gaping holes for Javante Williams and Melvin, Melvin Gordon to run through. Yeah, possession. You know, time of possession and the amount of plays that they have versus us. I mean, your defense can't say if you stay out there for seventy three plays, that just attrition is going. It's going to happen. Guys are going to get tired. These big gashing plays are going to start to happen. And I just feel like that's you know, over time. I think you you pointed out the first quarter how our guys were playing. The Broncos found something. They found like different guys to pin the tail on the donkey. We were worried about Judy and Sutton. And we never said anything about 81. <laughs> I mean, this guy turned in. Patrick? You know, Patrick, and guy from Utah that came out and balled and just exposed us in a lot of ways in our secondary. I think, you know, young guys that have to step up. I mean, we talked about Trayvon Diggs. I've been the guy saying, man, Trayvon Diggs, elite. He does so many great things. This guy can go down, baby prime, all of that. That was bad. Last couple, last couple of games, we've seen some holes in his game. So, I mean, he's got to get back. To what made him, you know, got him to, to to the seven picks. You think teams are trying to counter his aggressiveness and say, "We know you're gonna you're gonna gamble at times, and we're gonna play off of that." I mean, that seems like what that's what they're doing. That double double, move. double moves, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that's the flip side, but he gives you so much with taking the ball away. That's that's yeah, Barry that's Church. The, that's what you. Barry Church is one of the first guys that I heard talk about Trayvon Diggs in the way that. You know, he, the double move is going to affect him eventually, and somebody must have heard that and picked up on it because that's they throwing a lot of double moves at Trayvon and, 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 and be from Ohio, man. And, you know, he and, upended the whole thing. Yeah, he gave the secret sauce yeah, away. Be from Ohio. Never answered that call again, CB. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Isaiah? The lack of want to. That's what you're most concerned about. Yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it. Be- the reason being. Even if you have a game like this, you rather get beat rather than say that your team just let up. And I feel like uh, it both occurred yesterday. I feel like we got beat, and I feel like we our guys did not give everything that they had. I think we all can point to a number of plays where you were just like, what the heck, man? Yeah. It's just a lack of effort. 
not necessarily lack of execution because the execution comes based upon the effort that you put out. Guys just didn't, weren't putting forth their best effort. And that, to me, was the most concerning thing. We can coach up better, right? We can coach up better to guys being better gaps. We can coach up guys to, to schemes, all that kind of stuff. I can't coach you to, to have better effort. I can't make you want to make a play. I can't make you want to go hit somebody, to go want to block somebody, to want to give that extra little bit that's going to give us opportunity to have a big play. I can't make you do that. And the fact that you that you listen, that you show me that you're capable of pulling off lets me know that I don't know when the next time that's going to rear his little ugly head. When's the next time that you don't want to do something? When's the next time that you just don't want to go out there and put out everything that you have? Because that's what I'm expecting out of you when I put you on the field, regardless of how the game's going. Detroit's been getting their butt kicked all year long. But guess what? Them boys are still playing hard. Right? They're just getting beat. Yeah. Right? And they don't have any talent. They don't have any talent. <laughs> right? But you're not questioning effort. We questioned effort with one guy last year, and he came back and kicked our butt last week. Right? We questioned effort one time. Oh, so I don't want to I don't want to see that present itself because that to me is concerned. That's that as we talk about culture, cancel culture. Cancel that out. ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Y'all don't are, even mention cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Y'all are dead on. I mean, I, I Mike McCarthy throughout training camp always talked about play style. Play style, which means physical as hell, energy, fast, and I'm I'm really thinking more defense than yeah. anything. Yep. And they everybody said it. They were more physical than us. That, that's the first time this year where they really got beat soundly on both sides of the line, both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage, um, especially defensively. And you know, guys, guys don't want to say, "Hey, we didn't give enough effort." Sometimes you just get your ass kicked. Yep. But you know, Dak did say. I mean, he was asked, "Did you guys get too high in yourselves?" Basically, mm. you know, chin, chin held high. He said, mm. "He said maybe." He said, "He said I don't know, maybe." He said, "I." I think sometimes you just think you can roll it out there and get it done even when adversity hits. And they haven't been tested a ton lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Patriots game was a hell of a game. Yeah, these last two games were. I think that's why it's so surprising, you know? And I and I'm I don't know if we talked about rust as a factor for Dak enough. Mm-hmm. Uh that maybe three weeks off essentially was gonna create some rust. And maybe we shouldn't have because God, look how he played in week one yep. with no preseason. So yeah. He'll be better. He'll get back to work. Yeah. They'll get better. I, you guys really took probably my top two. Well, the other one I would say I think you have to point out left tackle didn't work out like they hoped. Um, Terrence Steele fought out there, but it di- but it didn't go well. Why are you laughing, Heckma? No, I'm not, no he I mean, Heckma called that one. Hey, yep. Is this one? Exp- go ahead. Well, I'm no, sorry. no, you're right. I mean, we 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 talked about it on during the week how uh, there's are, a, there's a line of thinking of. Yep. Let him stay where he's at and, and be successful. I don't think they had a great answer either way because mm. Lyle Collins has never played out there at the NFL level. He's been in the yeah. league since 2015. And they went with what they thought was the more practical yeah. decision. Yep. Terrence Steele's young, but he played a lot of left tackle in training camp. Let's just do that. It didn't work. I don't fault the decision. but Me neither. I mean, going into the, 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 the thought process that way was, oh, Terrence Steele's going to take exactly what he did at right tackle, and he's going to be just as good on the left side. And I, even in the middle of the week last week, we you had a it. conversation about it. Yep. We were saying, are we sure that's the case? Now we're completely unsure, and now there might be another conversation on yep. whether or not Terrence Steele stays at left tackle because – well, he did so well on the right side. You could stick him right back there, and now you can try it the other way. I don't fault the decision because with everything that they had seen, with the snap counts dating back to Oxnard, with the the way that he had played throughout the season at right tackle, there was nothing showing that Terrence Steele was going to go to left side and just completely 
not play the same way. And the other side of that, too, that we had mentioned was, you know, maybe Lyle Collins becomes the right tackle again at some Full point time. anyway. Yeah. Let him play at right tackle and get his feet back underneath him. It just didn't work out, you know, and, and, and you know, they really attacked the edges, man. But Jonathan mm-hmm. Cooper, seventh-round draft pick, Vaughn Miller's not there. He was in the backfield a lot. Had Thank sacks. God Vaughn wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> Thank God Vaughn was gone. I mean, we talked about, like, you know, how does that defense react? How, you know, what's your mindset when you trade away the franchise player? They went the opposite direction. They didn't yep. mail a damn thing in. No, no they didn't. You know? they, they played with a chip on their shoulder. Right. No, and just going back to that, I think the whole rhythm of the offense was thrown off. Dak seemed a bit out of sorts. You talk about him selling balls, just not getting his feet set. And obviously the drops, they impacted us as well. But from a pressure standpoint, it was Dak's head. He he was counting, you know, recognizing that that pressure was coming off the left side. And so, I mean, what do you do about that? You know, with Terrence Seal, you have to go. If, if let's just say Tyron Smith is out against Atlanta, you got you got to put Terrence Steele back at left tackle. You can't. For his you don't switch it. You can't. Yeah. At this point, you can't. You can't. You can't change this, and you got to allow Leo Collins. You, you're not going to. Pete? No, I think you're right. No, okay, I, okay. Yeah, I agree I with right. you. Yeah, so I just think the, the experiment itself, maybe you didn't get what you wanted. A lot of people are not going to want to hear that. Uh, but how else is this guy going to be able to get any better? You put him on the right side, you gave him help, and he started to show improvement. You didn't have to give him as much help. Now you put him on the left, left side, he has a horrible game. <laughs> he has a horrible game. Where else do you go from there? You got to put him back out there and allow him to get that time in. You said it best. You're paying him as a swing tackle. That's what he is. Ty Naseki and Terrence Steele are guys that are competing at that swing tackle position. You can't just abandon ship now. It doesn't work like that, man. Do you think Ty Naseki instead of Terrence Steele out there, or do you mm, stick with him? Never. No. Okay. That's never they, and no way. If he played well in their mind, I just might – thoughts against the Vikings he would have been the left tackle Sunday don't mm. you think I yep. mean I agree and look people want to see best five well this was kind of their version of the best five mm-hmm. you know just from what just, they have from what's available yeah, yeah and, and we'll see if Tyron can come back this week maybe a week off I asked Mike McCarthy last week is it just a rest thing let it calm down and he said I don't think it's long term now does that That's mean good. he's back after one game we'll see well, he's, he's not been, on IR which is also no. a good good sign yeah for sure so he could either be back in two weeks or hey he could be back this week maybe that's the case and maybe uh it was a one week plug and play sort of deal but heckman made a fantastic point if you had to pick one guy from 2020 to 2021 on the offensive side of the football that was most improved it would probably be terrence Steele. yeah or no doubtably, it him, would be Terrence Steele. Him or Cedric. But Ced- yeah, I would say Terrence Steele, too. Cedric had flashes, though, in 2020. Yeah. But he just had Terrence Steele did not have any flashes unless they were negative. That's, that's good. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say Terrence Steele far and above the most improved player. So why not give him an opportunity to try and right some of the wrongs and improve going into the week? He had a really good mindset following the game. Owning up to the fact that he did not have a good game, that the team didn't have a good game, and that he's got to get better moving forward. What else could he say? Good point. Everybody kind of had the same. You know, way. Isaiah said all week that I couldn't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, he's, got, he's got to own it. I mean, the film, is, the film is out there, and everybody saw it. I mean, it's four, he probably had the worst fourth quarter of any left tackle in the league. It's oh, just goodness. It was horrible. Yeah, it's bad. All right, when we come back, how does it get fixed? Where do the Cowboys go to try and rip up, rip up the blueprint 
Positivity. That the Broncos brought to the table yesterday for the rest of the NFL. We'll talk about it next on Talking Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Isaiah's making a sad face, which is hints. Oh, that was the, the most sad mic flip I've ever seen. No. Ruin our Essilor read like that. Dude. That's, that's, we all got glasses hey. because of you. You got to do the flip, man. Come on, man. I, I did it. That's, that was that was all Paul. Sad Monday. That was sad Monday. That summed up everything, right? Yeah. I might screenshot that for Twitter, man. Oh. That was, yeah, was, that that was that not an accurate just have a what gift. happened? No, that's not accurate. Jeez. It was good. No, it was accurate. Okay. We're happier than that to have our Essilor lenses. Oh, well, man, they know that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. If they don't know that, they need to just watch the, yeah, rest, they just, of the, yeah, watch the rest of the show. Um, the, best, the best part is that Rob's never got to do an Essler spot ever again. Dude, he, he did the one on Friday here, and then we, we lost. Go. Here you go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, he's, he's pulling your, your camera up. Got it. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. How do we fix it? Where do we go from here? Cowboys lose 30-16 to to the Denver Broncos. Heck, Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Kyle Yeomans, final couple minutes here of a Monday edition of Talking Cowboys. Isaiah, I'll start with you on this one. Where do the Cowboys go? Because Denver provided a blueprint, and maybe that was a blueprint that was kind of stolen a little bit from the Patriots and what they did well against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. However, Denver actually executed it through a full four quarters. How does the Dallas Cowboys rip up? How do they rip up that blueprint? 
Yeah, I think they just identified that they played like crap. I had to go back and watch it and see exactly. I think some of it was scheme, some of it was assignment, and then a lot of it was just effort. Right? That's what I really think. I think a lot of it was just they just didn't care enough. They, they didn't care enough. They didn't care that somebody walked in their house and punched them in their mouth. Like, they didn't fight back. I don't know if you guys ever been in a fight before, but I got I got cursed out by my mom when I was young. We was at a doggone church bowling event, and a, and a kid was standing over me talking mess to me, and I didn't stand back up. When I got home, I got my butt whooped because she said, don't you ever let somebody come in your doggone crib, in your bubble, and talk mess to you, right, and threaten you. You better stand up for yourself. And Dallas didn't do that. So I feel like they will be perfectly fine. I'm fully confident they'll be perfectly fine because I think the culture of this team now is they will not allow this to ever rear its head again, and they will bounce back next week and say, hey, what? I just realized we may be related. Yeah, I think we Also, I got my pow-pow, but I got my pow-pow beat. I got your pow-pow yeah, yeah, pow, yeah. beat. Um, <laughs> also, did you say you were bowling? Oh, I'm a bowler, baby. You said a, you got in a – a guy trash talked you while bowling. Yeah, well, they stood over me. Like, we, we got in some kind of, um, you know, little dispute, and and, and and the person came and stood over me, and I didn't, I didn't get up. So my mom was you like, got, "Don't you ever let somebody feel like they have the advantage over you?" Type of deal. You got Allen Iverson in a bowling alley. Yeah, never again though. Ever since then, I've been like, I, they, I should be in the PBA bowling. Remember, he's he's played PC before. Oh Patrick no, Creighton. I'm I'm I more of PC thinking every the, time. Yeah. I, I I'm just blo- mind blown by the the trash talking in the yeah. bowling alley, yeah. and then the fact that you almost got in a fight. Yeah, dropped yeah. the gloves, yeah. hockey style, straight yeah. up in the in the middle of like pink and orange balls just rolling yeah. around hey. next to you. you. Ever seen Big Lebowski? Yeah, stuff happens. That's, stuff yeah. happens yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So he told that whole story, and you missed That's the fact that he got his ass whooped when he got home. Oh no, I know. <laughs> you, missed, you missed the most important part of that story. I, I heard that part. You can't call CPS now. I to, <laughs> it's too I late. To, I had to put that back in the rearview mirror. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> you can't do it. 30 years too late. <laughs> oh. All Kyle was thinking about is the bowling balls. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, he got in a fight in a bowl? I got in a fight. I got stuff home. I got my with that home, too. Kyle. Oh, jeez. Kyle would have been sitting there with his phone like, 911. Uh, no, I would have been. I, I tried been that one time, heck. <laughs> I tried it. Oh, man. <sighs> but how do you make it back from that? I mean, I, I just piggybacking back at what Isaiah just said, man, I think you have to. the effort has to be there. You see a team that comes out flat. Uh, they can't. They can't just roll the helmets out there anymore. I feel like they can, and you know you can't drink the Kool Aid, brother. You just have to. You have. You can't do that. You have to. Every week you have to work towards this. And honestly, you know sometimes you just have a bad day, and we had a bad day. You know, Lord knows I've, I've had a few days here talking Cowboys. When I went home and like Derek is going to fire me, <laughs> you know, and I can't wait to hit. You know, no, hurry up to get back to get that bad taste out of my mouth because it's just like, man, it, mm-hmm. it stays with you because you you want to be at your best at all times. And I know that while these guys are watching this film, they have a bad taste in their mouth, and it's going to be there all week until Sunday until the Dirty Birds show up. Jacksonville beat the Bills. Giants won yesterday. Packers lost. Rams lost. I mean, it's not, it wasn't a terrible day at the end when you look at the big picture there. But, yeah, stuff's got to get corrected. I, I, I think a, a lot of it was they were off. Dak yep. Prescott's not going to play like that the rest of the year. I'm pretty confident of that. Good news is, as much as he was having to buy time with his legs, calf looked fine. So that's good. Um, I did have a question for you guys, honestly, because uh, you mentioned Blueprint. And Mike McCarthy mentioned the way they played coverage and the way they played 
the kind of the match game defensively against the Cowboys offense. Do you guys what do you guys see there, and do you think that is a blueprint going forward? Because I'm I'm not sure. Because when this when this offense is at their best, they're hard to stop. I don't care who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Well, know? I mean, Vic Fangio's been in a de- been a defensive coordinator, been in the NFL as a coordinator for 33 years. I mean, this this guy knows his stuff. He's seen everything. So there's not. You're not going to fool him. And I think they did a really good job of loading up on first downs where Dallas, uh, Dak came out throwing on first downs. It wasn't until I think the end of the first quarter that we even started run, getting the, trying to establish the run on first down. That just was how many guys they were loading into the box. And once you know Dak started seeing that, then they were getting pressure with just four guys and dropping seven into coverage. And so they did a lot of great things, did the Broncos, to fool Dak because you saw him pumping like, ah, I'm going to take that back. And then finally, you know, I think it was the fourth quarter, uh, end of the third, where he did finally throw an interception. But it was just like, man, they were dropping guys into coverage and those little open screen little, little throws that he's used to making, there was a Broncos standing in there. And you can't do that from a defensive coordinator standpoint unless you have smart guys that can play. I mean, Kyle Fuller was a guy that fought, fell, had fell out of favor with the Broncos. He comes back and he has a get-back-in-favor game yesterday. So, I mean, there were a lot of guys that were playing out of their mind. And, they, they look, they played like it. And I think the Cowboys probably went into that matchup looking at Denver and saying they had the third-highest blitz rate in the NFL entering last week and said, we're going to see blitzes in every shape, fashion, and form. And they form. didn't blitz. And they didn't blitz at all. <laughs> watched, they got pressure with three and four guys. They didn't need the blitz. They didn't need to, and they've watched Dak chew up blitzes all year long, too. Exactly. That, and I think that might have gone into the thinking of Fangio and what he said. He's like, you know what? We blitzed a lot. It hasn't really worked for us. Let's just try and get pressure with three, four guys, and maybe we'll throw an extra guy in there every now and again. But from that this point forward, we need to make sure Dak Prescott doesn't beat us over the top. We'll stop the run. We have no problem with that. But then, yeah. Yeah, how many times do you think Dak would miss that throw to CD when CD puts his hand on I mean, he, he That's a, a touchdown. It, and he overthrows it. it. Even, you know, passes that just were at guys' feet. Cedric, you know, Wilson couldn't, couldn't get uh, his hands on some of those balls. Balls in. Amari Cooper drops a ball after not dropping. I mean, it just wasn't our night, man. It Period. was not. It was not. Isaiah, you have anything to add on that before we go? No, man. This is, uh, I want to hurry up and get to Atlanta week. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's just they just didn't show up, man. You know, you you know you know there's always a risk of it, which is why I said you know you still got to show up and play against professionals. But there's always a risk. There's always a chance, um, and it's just unfortunate that we saw that they allowed that to happen. Um, kudos to the Broncos for showing up. Cowboys did not. Real quick, no more red stripe. From your, <laughs> your I liked it. I liked it. Look good. No, it I'm just great, I'm playing around. I'm glad we honored yeah. them, but we didn't honor them the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Real quick, from your time in the league, what is a Monday like after a loss like this for the players going through film? It's everybody understands. I mean, you just understand what just happened. You know, you get in there, you get your your weight. You know, you get your, you lift your weights, and um, you know, you try to talk about everything but the game, and then you get in there and you watch your film and you take your lumps. You know, you take your lumps. And like I said, it's, it's better because this wasn't one or two guys that, that cost you the game. This was a everybody sucks, right? So, yeah. I, I mean, the coach can't even just highlight. I mean, he's going to get tired of highlighting. You might go through the first the first two or three series of highlighting people that do things wrong. And after that, it's just like, all right, y'all watch the rest of this on your own. 
It really gets to that point because there's just so much bad that you just you don't have enough time in the day to beat down everything that happens. So it's just you get your grades. So you you the film will come on. You'll watch a little bit as a team, and then you break out to your individual meeting rooms when coach gets tired of it, and you and your coach will drop them little packets on your on your desk. And every play is going to have a plus or a minus, and you're going to add them things up. And most of the guys are going to have a nice little D grade or or worse on the under paper, and you you understand what happened. You you digest it. You watch it today, and then you go on to the next one. Yep. And you recognize that you got some boys that are playing well coming in here. Yep. Atlanta's won a couple big games. They won a game this week over New Orleans. I mean, albeit New Orleans had a backup quarterback, but that doesn't matter. Cowboys, the way they played yesterday, they're not going to beat a ton of teams. So Cowboys going to have to figure it out, and we're going to talk about it throughout the week as well. Tomorrow we take your calls here on Talking Cowboys. Be sure to write down this phone number, 888-855-2297. We'll take your calls and listen from Cowboys Nation and continue breaking things down. We'll also have news and notes and everything in between for tomorrow's show. But that does it for us today. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!